This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Jacqueline Kitzman. This is the Awaken Tarot Podcast. You know that. You did this on purpose. That's on you. Uh, I have a guest today. I'm so excited. Her name is Ashley. Can you inter- I, you tell you tell them who you are? No, you can you can say last name. I'm not trying to hide. Um, yes, my name is Ashley Ellison, and I am currently in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm sorry. I yeah, me too. I would like to leave, but I'm kind of stuck here because I'm in their military. So, yeah. The mountains have caged you in. But the mountains are so beautiful. So when I moved out here in 2007, I was like, it's like living in a beer commercial. <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's like a Coors Light commercial. Um, yeah, no, it, it is absolutely beautiful here. We have amazing national parks and like Salt Lake City. I love it. It is just really funky and fun and, you know, very like left-leaning. So those are my people. Well, outside of Salt Lake City, not so much, but yeah, my people are in Salt Lake City. So you're saying you're a Mormon. No, I'm kidding. Nobody, nobody yell at me. No. So what's funny is I used to be a Mormon. So yeah, I moved out here. So I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. So the liberal side of me, like it is very apparent when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm from Portland. They're like, oh, so is Portlandia true? And it's like, no, it's not. Okay. Yeah, it is. So I like, I am the stereotypical, like granola, crunchy Birkenstock wearing, wearing socks with my Birkenstock and driving to the Subaru. So yeah, that's me. I love you. Yeah. But I'm... yeah, no, I actually converted to Mormonism and moved out to Salt Lake city being like, Hey, I'm Mormon. And everyone's like, we don't fucking care. Cause it's Salt Lake. But, um, yeah, no, I am no longer Mormon and I have absolutely no desire to go back to that religion. So I know several people, um, very close friends that are still part of the LDS faith. And, um, I work with a lot of people that are, you know, LDS as well, nothing against them at all. Like I love them for who they are, but, um, when it comes to that specific faith, it is just not who I am. You want to know something weird is that I know a lot of people who are ex Mormons, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. It's have you talked to them why they are not? Yeah. And I don't want to like, I mean, like, I don't want to spill all their personal details, but like, it's all yeah. like kind of the same thing. Like, it's all just kind of like the same, like deconstructing. It's why so many people are like leaving. I didn't grow up Mormon. I grew up Lutheran and then <clears throat> was pretty involved in the Methodist church for a while. And for people that don't know, Methodists are very inclusive. Um, the majority of Methodists, I should say, not everybody's going to have that experience, but Methodist, the Methodist church is very inclusive of 
LGBTQIA, the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, they have a lot of like, they're very involved in politics, but it's still, you get that, like, you still are going to get like a bunch of like religious people. Um, so I don't have that insight on Mormonism, but I like so many people, like my good friend Hayden, like, all, like, and they'll all tell me like why they're leaving. And it's very similar to why, like I left and it's the restrictions, people's attitudes. There is no hate, like Christian love. Like, <laughs> Oh, I know it, it is so bad, especially, um, in Utah with like gay marriages and, and it's even like the faith, like, um, if you were, if you had gay parents and you were a child of gay parents, you couldn't be baptized into the church. So they changed that, but it's like, why do you have to make all these rules? And then suddenly you're realizing people are unhappy with them and they're leaving the church because of that. So, and then they're like, Oh shit, let's do damage control. Okay, let's gonna we're gonna change the rules. Well, that's to so try great. to make it you more know, like, inclusive. You just they just make up the rules. Like, you know what I mean? Like you well, make up like your you cherry pick a a Bible that was made up. You cherry pick it, <clears throat> which is hilarious because the Bible was literally manufactured by a bunch of medieval kings warring over who gets to be the grand pope in like the medieval medieval ages. And then you alter it for like hundreds of years, thousands, maybe, I don't know. I'm bad at math. Uh, and then you have like other religions that are like, you know, like the basis of that book is pretty chill, but what if we didn't drink coffee? Oh yeah. No, I I'm drinking coffee right now. So cheers. I could, that was one thing I could never give up. And then, um, and even like not drinking, that was really hard for me too. So it was just kind of like, I understand the rules when it comes to coffee and not drinking alcohol and um, it's, you know, to take care of your body and for health, but it was like, um, I was, um, married my ex-husband. Um, we actually got married in the Mormon temple. So, I mean, that's a very big commitment, but, um, what kind of led to the downfall and, um, our marriage, um, dissolving was he was like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And it was just kind of like, I understand with the faith. Like I get it. Like I get there's guidelines and everything that if you want to follow, you know, be faithful, you have to follow these rules. But it was kind of like, I don't like it when I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just trying to be a good person and I'm trying to love everyone for who they are. But when I'm having something or someone saying, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. I was just like, you know what? Fucking watch me. Because if you try to tell me what to do, I'm going to go in the other direction. Listen, there is nothing more. There is nothing less in my life. I desire than skydiving. But if a white man looked at me and he said to me, you literally cannot skydive, catch me dropping out of a plane. Like next day, like I will be ejecting myself straight from however planes open safely in the, in the air. Uh, I can't like, I'm so sorry. I'm happy that you, I'm happy that you deconstructed. I'm happy that you got yourself out of that situation. I'm happy that you said, fuck it. And you're drinking your coffee and you're living your life and you're doing, I mean, like, I'm not going to spill your personal details. I'll let you, but like, you're doing like amazing work. You're doing amazing things for humans. You're like, you're like, you're just like a good fucking person. Like I wish you lived here. <laughs> you could come move out to Utah. <laughs> Listen, I would have wished that on you. <laughs> I will be keeping myself as far away. I'm like stuck in Nashville, which is a very liberal place. But like, if we ever move, I will move so fast to the nearest blue state. <laughs> It'll be like blinding. So no, Nashville is beautiful though. 
Nashville, Nashville's great, except for that, except for Broadway. Love, love my hometown. But um, just you as a, <clears throat> my hometown, like I grew up here. I didn't grow up here. I've lived here for eight years. Love this place. Anywhere else in Tennessee is a shit show. And even here, because we're a part of it, like we have a whole drag band. It's awful. Speaking of which, before we jump into more about you and your journey with tarot, I want to hop on current events real fast. There was a woman missing who I was going to talk about, um, Carly Russell. She went missing in Alabama, but she showed up apparently at her house this morning. There's no more news on that yet. Nobody knows what's going on there, but she has been found. She went missing in Alabama after being on a phone with her sister or her brother's girlfriend. I'm unclear. I've heard it two different ways and saw a toddler on the interstate. She got out to help the toddler. Uh, and then there was a scream and then she disappeared and had been missing since the 13th. She has since shown back up at home, knocking on her door, I believe this morning or maybe late last night. I need to check the detail on that. However, we don't know any other information. So just keep that family and Carly herself in your thoughts and your prayers, uh, your thoughts and your prayers. That was my previous life coming out at you, you know, beyond just praying, like actively look for news. That's kind of what we can do in this situation. We've, of course, got a war happening in Ukraine. We've got a war happening in the U.S. against the LGBTQIA plus community, specifically against trans people. Please help how you can help. Email your representatives. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like, you don't know who your reps are. I'll find them for you. I'll write you. I'll write your email. All you have to do is send it. Uh, I'll write you a script for a phone call. I don't care. I love doing shit like that. And please reach out to representatives of, as you can. It's so important that we at least let people know this is bullshit. Nashville does have a mayoral election happening. Just keep your ears and your eyes and your hearts open to news that comes in and standing up for our brothers and sisters, especially in the in the trans community because they need our help right now. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm My asthma is signaling Ashley back in. So what I want to do with these interviews is I've already kind of established the fact that my brain is kind of a wild, silly wild west of a place. And I want to bring on other people to talk about tarot and their journey. Ashley, you happen to be on my Patreon, which is like one so honored to have you there. Like it is such an honor when people like actively choose to put up with more of my insanity because you don't have to, and you actively do that. So anyway, I'm very excited to have you on and I want to, and I want to like learn about your process with tarot. I want to learn, I want to talk about cards you love, cards you hate, things that have been successes for you that you really get, what your struggles are, the cards that are harder, and just kind of talk about your, your thoughts on tarot and spirituality as a whole. So let's start with how you found tarot. I've been, I'm still new at tarot. I've been doing tarot for almost three years and Um, it just kind of like fell into my lap. So I was looking at cards. It was just something I was always interested in. Um, just kind of like looking more into my own spirituality and, um, reading with tarot. It was something I was actually kind of scared of just because of the stigma behind it. It's like, Oh, this is devil worshiping. Like, what are you going to do now? Like bring out a Ouija board, like, you know, that kind of shit there. It's just, it's not like that at all. But, um, one of my really good friends, Misty, I, I told her, I was just like, you know, Hey, I'm really thinking about like getting a tarot deck. And she's like, no, no, no. Let me get you your first deck because you know, there, everyone assumes that someone else has to buy you a deck and they have to gift it to you. So she was very like, no, I'm going to have to gift you a deck. 
So she got me my very first deck and it was a, a Christmas party of 2020. And it was really great as COVID was got spread around that party. Luckily I didn't get it, but yeah, it was still like, we were still knee deep in COVID. But, um, so she got me a tarot deck and, um, basically I just like, you know, opened up the box. I just shuffled everything and I, I had no idea what I was doing and all of us were kind of drinking, but, um, we just kind of sat around and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have, I, I have an app that will kind of help me kind of break down everything. So, um, yeah. So I just kind of like laid out cards for everyone. I kind of read what it meant and it was just so amazing that people were so touched, even though they were very skeptical, just reading like what it was and what it meant to them. It kind of fed into that energy. It's like, this is doing something for someone. This is healing something for someone or someone is finally coming to realization because of these cards. And these were people that, that were like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. So, um, <clears throat> that kind of helps me realize the power of tarot and how with the healing and doing shadow work and trying to understand like, you know, your own internal pain. And if you're struggling with, um, with anything, with any decisions and everything, like it can really help you. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've been collecting tarot decks. I have way too many, but, um, I'm drawn to the same two. So, um, I got the, the Somnia tarot deck. I know, I know I like, I pulled out some cards. I know Jacqueline is all like, you know, super excited and everything, but, um, the other deck, I'm probably going to butcher the name. It's called the Bianco Nero. Okay. So I got it off, like my friend Misty, she's the one that got it for me and she got it off of Amazon. So, um, I tend to go towards like really raw and edgy cards. So, um, I have some of those really nice, like flowery and butterflies and beautiful ones, but I'm really drawn to the ones that just really draw out the raw emotion. Um, I don't like my answer sugarcoated. I don't like to sugarcoat answers for other people. If I'm drawing cards for them, it's like, you know, Hey, like sometimes what the cards are telling you, it's really rough and it's really hard for you to hear, but it's, it's something you have to, especially when it comes to dealing with trauma and everything. It's just like, you know, we don't, we just like to hide <clears throat> from our own problems. And with tarot, it really brings those emotions out where it's like, Hey, it's in the open for you to get better. You have to acknowledge it. I'm here to help you. Yeah, no, you're right. It, tarot is, and, and this is why people like have like that preference between Oracle cards and tarot cards. Like some people really need messages wrapped them like as peacefully as possible. And tarot is only there to heal. Tarot is not there to hurt. Tarot is not there to like middle finger you like, fuck you, bad idea, make this decision. But tarot is, tarot is going to come in there and it is going to kind of like be a little blunt with you. Sometimes it's going to be not sometimes a lot of the time it's going to be very like, this is, this is how it is. This is what's happening. How are you it's up to you now that you have that to like make that decision for yourself. What's next. But I love that one. I love that you have the Somnia Tarot. Uh, I love Nicholas Bruno's Somnia Tarot. I think that anybody who has like trauma or has struggles with like depression or, and not to say that you are, but like for me, Oh like, yeah, no, I am. <laughs> well, there I am. <laughs> for people that struggle with that stuff, like that deck just, I think really beautifully portrays, that journey, what it, what it's like, the horrors of it and the, the whimsicalness of it. And that kind of like, it just like scratches that 
itch in my head in the right way, I guess. And I haven't heard of this other, I no, I have heard of it because you've showed me this before. I don't personally have it. I've not worked with this deck. Um, mm. But it, I love that the, the decks that you're drawn to are, are kind of that more raw and gritty type tarot. I also want to point out that Ashley, as we were messaging back and forth, setting up the zoom time, sent me uh, a, a, a deck that she found on Etsy. <laughs> I, know, I really wanted to get it, but I'm like, I can't have any more. I might have to. It's, I wish I like, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it was just, I have to have it. It's stick figures. It's all just like crudely drawn stick figures. I, I told Jacqueline, like, I am not an artist. And I'm like, but seeing this tarot deck gives me hope that I can draw stick figures, <laughs> make my oh. own tarot. It's, it's so amazing. It's just so goofy and funny. And I think... Um, with anyone, if you are a deck collector like me, it's always good to have something where you're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to draw something just for fun and just take a moment to kind of like laugh and, and everything because yeah, because tarot it's, it's very deep. Um, but it can be very lighthearted as well. And that deck is just perfect and spot on. It's so funny. I'll, I'll put the link for it in the show notes of the episode so that you guys can all go check it out. We'll just like, she's going to like wake up and be like, why are so many people buying my stick figure deck? <clears throat> is me. Uh, technically. You, bought, you bought all hundred. Yeah. I bought I'll, I'll 500 buy, stick figure decks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No. Um, so I love that. I want to talk about, I want to ask you about like, were you, and also like, please let me know if this is too personal, but like, were you still deconstructing from Mormonism when you found tarot or had you already done that work of like leaving the church and leaving that situation? Oh yeah, no, I was way past it. So, um, so I have been divorced. So I'm remarried, but with my, my previous spouse, we were married for almost five years and that was in like 2013. So, you know, it's been a while and um, I have absolutely have moved on. Um, my, the son I share with my ex-spouse, um, he actually, um, was just baptized into the Mormon faith. And, um, I'm, it's one of those, it's like, he's got to make his own decisions and everything. I will absolutely 100%, um, support him. And if he wants to go to church, like we have a, a ward right across the street from our, our neighborhood. So I will go, I want him to go on his own journey. And it's just like with me. I am on my own journey. And, um, so when I, when I found tarot, it was, it kind of filled that void. It's just, yeah. it's not, it's not something that we're always trying to find something to try to fill that, you know, that void. It was just something that just kind of helped me understand more about myself and, and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, like my childhood, like, I, I don't remember very much of it. Like I, I don't, it's also because I'm getting older and, my memory is just kind of shit, but, um, no, there's huge chunks of my childhood. I don't remember. And, um, I am very, very, very fortunate. I'm able to go to therapy. And, um, so having therapy and combined with, with tarot for my own personal, you know, my, my own personal journey, it's been very, very helpful. And, um, yeah. And what's really crazy is like, I do better when I read for other people <clears throat> rather than for myself. Always. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, Hey, this is what I think about it, whatever, take it what you will. But when I do readings for myself, I'm just like, Ooh, I, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to pull out a different card kind of a thing. Reading for yourself is always going to be harder. Cause you have that bias. Like 
and you have that internalized fear, right? Like when you are going for a reading, like, and it's different, right? Like if you're just pulling for yourself, like what's my day going to be like, you have a little bit more like unbiased opinion, but if you're going to the tarot with like, I need actual like spiritual help, I need insight. There's that fear. Um, and so reading for yourself is always going to have that those questions, whereas you have a lot more confidence, like in the cards and in yourself, when you're pulling for other people, you're like, yeah, no, this is what the cards say. I don't need to pull a clarifier. Like this is, this is what they're saying. Um, and that's just, that's just natural and part of the process. My challenge with that is always like, I'll, I'll get sneaky. I always tell people like, don't pull more cards. Like if you get a, if you pull cards and you don't know what they're saying, don't pull more, like sit with it. But I'm always like, let's reframe the question. Like I'm fucking Googling, uh, <clears throat> like for a research paper, let's reframe the question a bit. Let's come at this from a different angle. Um, but then I'll keep both sets and kind of, you know, compare it. whoever, like whatever, like God or spirit sits above my tarot decks and like helps, like is like helping navigate the polling of it is truly just, I think like question face to me. No, what, and what's crazy too. It's like, even if you pull a card and, um, or if something falls out, like, that's what it was meant for. Like that was your card. And, um, I don't really do anything specific. Like when it comes to shuffling, I'm just like, whatever, I'll just pull whatever. And I, I don't know. Some people have some weird traditions. Like I actually have like only one super weird one where here, I'm going to show you. Sorry yeah. guys, you're not going to be able to see. I'm going to try to narrate it, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So I'm holding up my cards, Jacqueline. So what I do is I kind of do this. So I'm kind of like going through the cards and I don't know. I just kind of get this gut feeling. I'm just like, okay, this is a card I'm I'm, I should pull. So I'll pull it and Oh fuck. It's the devil in reverse. Okay. Tell me about it. <laughs> is it for me or for you? How about, how about let, so what is really amazing about this card is like when you pull it, like sometimes you will get a gut reaction where you're just kind of like, Oh, this is not the card. Like this is the bad card, especially like with, you know, the tower, but especially with the devil, I don't know. So, um, so I have the, the Somnia deck. So it is, um, a tall black figure wearing a cloak, but the cloak, there's a, um, a rope around the, the devil's neck. And then you have the two people, they're kind of hunched over, um, towards each other and they have ropes around themselves especially just looking at this card. Cause this is the first time I've actually pulled this, this card in here. Wow. Um, kind of like, you know, your, your inner voice kind of a thing, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's your inner voice and, um, maybe like what it's trying to tell you, it's not necessarily like what you want to hear. Maybe it's something that's kind of like the opposite of what you want to do, but maybe that is actually what like the right decision should be. Interesting. So, I mean, that's kind of like, so when I think of the devil, you know how you think of like, especially looking at the the photo, you have like, you know, the devil and the angel kind of thing on your shoulder. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of like, um, when you're thinking of the devil, maybe it's kind of like the unpopular opinion okay, kind of a thing. Maybe it's kind of like um, trying to understand, um, you know, something that um, seeing it from a different perspective as well, not necessarily bad, but, um, that's kind of what I pull from it. I love that. I love that a lot. Kind of like having like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. I always picture Kronk from the emperor's new groove, like good Kronk and then evil Kronk. Uh, oh my gosh. I love that movie. <laughs> so I have kids and they love it. No, it's so good. But I love the idea of the devil being like evil Kronk over here. That's like trip him, trip him. 
but all, but also this idea of it being like, Hey, like this, this thing that maybe like you're, you're, you're tripping around this thing that maybe like you're scared of, like if that's what's happening and you don't want to acknowledge it, like how can you acknowledge it in a way that you might just need to acknowledge it? Like, how do you, how do you do that? And I, I kind of love that insight about it. I love that. It's a very like therapy, like Carl Jungian type theory, like insight into that card of being like, Hey, you have like voices in your head. What is this one saying? Like, is it being completely out of pocket? Is it that anxiety voice that is lying to you? Or is it that kind of like that nagging fear? Like you need to separate the fear from it and look at the truth. Um, so I love like, that at insight. Least, it, like acknowledge it that kind of a thing, because if you don't acknowledge it, then it's just going to get louder and louder. And then, so it's just like, acknowledge it, understand like what that voice is, understand the meaning behind it. Like I said, like it could be a bias. Um, it could be an unpopular opinion and everything, but it's really important to be able to acknowledge, you know, Uh what that voice is. Yeah. The thing that stops you from doing stuff. I mean, this is just like a baseline example, but I'm after this, I'm going to my friend, Laura is, um, doing like a vintage market. And I'm going to go drive there by myself, which before I had kids before COVID, like I would have been like, oh, like whatever. But now I have like a touch of the agoraphobia and I'm like, oh God, I have to go find a place to park in East Nashville. That's terrifying. And so like even the devil for that is like, hey, like you can't just hold yourself back from doing things because it's like, like you can't hold yourself back from literally everything because you're scared. Like there's a part of me that's like, and and Laura expects it because she's a great friend. Like there's a part of her, probably 80% of her. That's like, Jacqueline's not going to come because she's not going to want to drive here, but I'm going to fucking do it. (laughs) I'm going to fucking do it. What's funny is the devil can be your friend. So I actually went to a concert last night and I saw Amigo the devil. I'm wearing their shirt right now. So yeah, the devil can be your friend. It can. And also sometimes it's the voice that's not, it's not going to lie to you. Like, it's also like, you know, it's the, it's the wise voice. When you're looking at the devil and the lovers, like it's archetypes, the devil's the one that's got the knowledge. The devil's the one that's like, yeah, eat the fucking fruit and learn some shit. So, you know, we kind of have this fear, especially as you were talking about like religiosity earlier, like we have this fear of like, if we know too much, like picking up a tarot deck and being like, am I going to hell for this? Like, is this okay? That's why I asked you a little bit earlier about like, if you had already deconstructed, um, I was still in the process, I think of really deconstructing my faith when I found tarot. And I had a lot of that, like, I'm going to hell for this type feeling, and one of the things that kept coming up for me in the archetypes of the lover and, and the devil is in the lover's card, you're making the choice to know more. You have those choices before you of like choosing to stay where you are or choosing to kind of like that matrix, like take the pill, like the red pill or the blue pill. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the devil, like you did it, like now you have all this knowledge. Now you actually see now everything's kind of dripped and faded away. And you're like, Oh God, like I'm naked. I got to find some clothes. This is the reality of shit. Uh, the Bible was made up by a bunch of white men fighting over a giant hat in the medieval, in the medieval ages. Like you have all this stuff kind of ripped away and you're left to deal with it. And the devil is like your friend in that capacity because they are the one that's like, this stuff was still happening just because you didn't acknowledge it. Like, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And I, you know, the same thing with like current events, like people who get mad about having to hear it on the podcast. Cause they don't want to like fast forward or whatever. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to me because it's like, you can, like, you don't have to listen to it, but it's not like, it's not still happening <laughs> like it's it's and it's like you can choose to ignore it but that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not happening mm-mm. and i feel like way too many people ignore it 
It, well, and even like microchasm stuff too, right? Like you get a bill and you have that executive dysfunction, that anxiety about opening it up to actually know what it is. So you ignore it, you ignore it, you ignore it. It's not happening in front of your eyes, but like you still owe money over here. Like it's still going to come back at you. Um, so there are like big life and little life examples too about that card. Thank you for pulling that. That was, amazing. I was just, I was expecting something like a little happier, but no, but it is, it is a good card. And I, there is no such thing as a bad card. No, there's not. So I have yet, I have yet to pull the tower. So I know when it happens, I'm going to be like, fucking yes. It's, it's like a, I pull the tower all the time. Literally my life is, uh, there is, if there is one thing that's consistent about me, it's that something is literally going haywire. That's just kind of like the card, I, but it's, something, it's just the card I drew. On fire. Something's always on fire. <laughs> Something is literally always on fire. Like I'll be having a great fucking morning. I'll go out. My car's dead. Like my, my parents, I just found out my parents are divorcing. Like my stepmom and my dad, like, or they're separating. And it's just like, tarot is very helpful with that. And tarot is also like, you know, you pull the tower. You don't, I'm like, everything in life is normal. I pulled the tower two weeks ago. I'm like, my life is normal. What do you mean the tower? Like, I don't have a perception shift on anything. Like nothing's going on. And then the tower hits and I'm like, Oh, it's coming. It's coming, but it's not bad. Like it's also, you know, like just taking like my life example with the tower, like nothing's happening to me. Like I'm fine. My life, my life's not changing at all. It's not like when my parents divorced when I was a kid, right? Like it's different, but it's also like an opportunity to reach out and be there for my, for my dad, whose life is changing. Who's you know, kind of having that tower moment him for him. And it's been a very like interesting experience of like balancing my CPTSD with real life event with real life events and remembering I'm and like how it incorporates with that nine of swords of like, Hey, you're safe. Nothing's happening to you. And at the same time, like being there for, for someone else, it's just very interesting. And tarot tarot isn't like, there's no bad card, but in life there is bad news. Like, none of us can escape it. None of us can escape shit happening. Unfortunately, like that's just part of being human or part of being alive for literally every living being, um, even plants, like they could be like a super great, healthy flower. And then a bug gets on them or a rabbit finds them. Like we cannot escape life happening. And the tarot, I think people fear that and fear pulling things like the tower or the devil because none of us want to get eaten by a rap. You know, none of us want to get eaten. None of us want like a bug on us. None of us want to have to deal with shit. And, um, the tarot is there to warn us and to give us advice and to tell us how to handle the tower comes with a lot of really beautiful advice. And then it immediately oh, it gets followed by the star. But when we see it, you know, there's that part of it that's, that's like, I don't want things to change. Like I'm, a, I'm afraid of what we're all adverse to it. So very interesting. Yeah. But I mean, change is also very good. Like do, I, I would hate just everything just to be stagnant, even if life was absolutely perfect and mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Like it's just groundhog day. It's like, no, you need that change because it's, that's how you evolve. That's how yeah. you grow. You need, you need that change because I mean, honestly, life would be absolutely boring if it was just the same thing every day. Um, I have this saying and it's, um, it's kind of an, it's part of like the Egyptian pantheon of like life is four parts balance and three parts chaos. Like 
the Egyptians worshipped Set as a god, and he was the god of war and the god of chaos. And like, but they they worshipped him. They had like a recognition that like chaos was needed to help push things forward. You can't have a life that's all stagnant. You like things have to shift, things have to move. And that chaos kind of comes in that potential energy, which is sometimes how I refer to the devil as like potential energy where it's like sitting on the edge of a table and you have the ability to like, if you even shift a little bit, that ball's going to fall. And then you're going to have to deal or that cup or whatever, however, that's going to fall. You deal with like the after effects of that. And, um, yeah, because I believe like the next card is the tower. You've got like the devil and then it's the tower and then the star. Uh, so you're looking at like motion happening in real life. Like the devil comes up. What happens if you move a little too fast and something falls? It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It could be like a super good thing. But like you could like knock over a ball onto the floor and then it rolls under the couch and you look under the couch and you find your AirPods that have been missing for like six months. Real life story. Uh, <clears throat> you know, like there are good there are good things that come from it. But yeah, you're right. Like if that ball doesn't fall, you never find your AirPods. If something doesn't change and you don't change your perspective and get on the floor and crawl towards your couch, like you're not going to have that, that shift. So, you know, like there are no bad cards. There are things that happen in life that aren't always so ace. And we have to have a way to process that. And tarot does a really beautiful job. Oh, absolutely. So I want to ask you, and I'm kind of taking a little bit of a turn here. I want to ask you your, how, like what your learning style is like in regards to tarot, like how, I know you said earlier that you take an analytical approach, but I want to talk about like when you're actively, when you're actively learning, you're actively studying, what does that look like for you? And how do you learn overall? Like, are you a visual audio learner, kinesthetic learner? What's that like for you incorporated? So, um, I actually have a lot of books. And that necessarily means I read them. It's, I don't know. I, I like to collect that kind of stuff. So if ever I have um, time, I have four kids and so I'm, I'm very busy, but it's like, okay, just lock myself in my room. I just like pull out my deck. I have my book and everything. And it just kind of really like, I'll write notes. And I'm the type of person that I have to write notes and I have to write it because that's how I absorb the information. If I read something online or if I read it in a book, I'm not going to absorb it. I have to look at it in my own handwriting. So that's my learning style. Um, and Visual kinesthetic. Me, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know words. Um, but, but, and then for me, what I do, um, I do a lot of automatic writing. Yeah. So so I will pull a card and I just, I don't look up like, okay, this is what it is. I don't look it up. I just, I immediately just start writing and it's just, you kind of zone out and, um, it's, it's a really, really, really good way for me to learn. And That's so how I when I do, it. yeah. So, but when I do, um, readings for friends, it's, um, I'll, I'll take, I'll pull a card, I'll take a picture of the card and then I just start doing automatic writing and then I transfer it to like a text. And I'll send it to them. Just like, Hey, you know, I feel like I needed, I, I had this feeling I had to pull a card for you and this is what I'm getting. But with it being a text and a photo, they have that so they can keep it and they can save it for later. And, um, I've actually had a lot of really good responses from doing that yeah. and when it's people that are like, you know, Hey, just pull a card and tell me what it means. I kind of struggle. Like what we did with, with the devil yeah. is kind of like when you're on the spot, you're like, Oh shit. I just need time to kind of, to look and draw everything out and let the emotions and, and everything and, you know, your own intuition. But, um, it's, since I'm still learning, 
it's not going to come as quick. And that's something I'm absolutely okay with because everyone learns their own way. Um, the information and, um, the words essentially like they'll, they'll come to you in time. And so that's why, like for me still being new, it's, I'm just trying to take my time with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, books, um, automatic writing and, um, also podcasts, like that's what really helped me was your podcast. No fangirling. I'm not fangirling here, but no, it's just there. I learn very like things have to be like straightforward and blunt. Like you literally have to write it out and cram for me sometimes. And like, it's just trying to like, you know, deconstruct everything in the card and with every deck, every deck is completely different. Sure. There's the same themes going on, you know, with the major arcana and like, you know, the minor, but every deck it's going to be different depending Mm -hmm. on what the imagery is. And it's what you pull from it. So for me, I'm trying to learn what the cards are. And then depending on the deck, it's going to kind of change the meaning a little bit. And that's why I'm always drawn to the same decks, the same dark, edgy, raw decks, because that's, that's what works for me. The, you know, the really beautiful flowery ones. And like, I have one, my husband got me, I just, I can't use it. I'm just not drawn to it. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, it's, doesn't. it's not how I learn. It serves a purpose. They all serve a purpose. And, you know, you can ask, I used to do like a spread to like ask each deck, how it wanted to be like used. So I would literally just be like, how do you want me to use you? And then pull a card and be like, okay, like that's how it wants to be used right now. Now I, I gravitate towards my Somnia deck and the Smith Rider weight that I've always got sitting somewhere next to me. And I find that those really, those are, those are my decks, but what you said about automatic writing, that's how I learned. I had a lot of books. I had a really hard time connecting to a lot of stuff. Other people said, whether that's my, like issues with my own brain or I just have like such a crazy life that like reading like something and it being like, Oh, like a dark haired man's going to come into your life and he's going to do whatever. Or this means like something generic and vague. And like, to me, I was always like, eh, it's not gonna, it's not doing it for me. So I took to automatic writing. I took to journaling. I took, I took to really kind of like allowing myself to be intuitive in that and not be afraid of like, what if I'm wrong? Because there's no right or wrong. Like, and this was before I was reading for people. So I really didn't have that fear. And, and, and this is how I did it. But this is like one of the reasons I want to have these interviews because it's, like, it's not just me and my neurodivergent brain talking. It's talking to other people about how they're doing it. And that's, that's fascinating. So you, it sounds like are a visual and kinesthetic learner, meaning that your primary learning style is visual. So you probably have a really good rote memory, like probably can look at something and like store facts. in just by reading a book, like you probably have pretty good long-term memory recall from reading, um, probably facts you learned when you were like a child that you write in a book, you probably still have that stored. Uh, that's the really cool thing about visual learning. And it's actually what most schools and education systems are like tailored in now. Uh, it's, uh, their primary is audio and visual, uh, unfortunately can it, uh, yeah, visual and then audio. And then unfortunately kinesthetic learners don't get their needs met anywhere near half the time. So like take you try to incorporate it as much as possible. Taking notes is a really good way to get kinesthetic learners, that's your, it sounds like that's your learning style. Do you also like, are you also a person who's when you're in training, you're like, you can talk to me and tell me about this, but what I need is a rule book and to do it myself. Like I need to like read an instruction manual and then I need to do oh, it. Yeah, no. And, and I'm the type of person too. It's like, um, so with my work, I have to kind of train people sometimes. Um, so they're like, Hey, like go train this person how to do this. And I'm like, I don't 
know how to t- like just fucking do it. Like I'll sit there and I'll watch you do it. It's like, that's, that's how I am. I am like going to be, if I was a teacher, I'd be the world's worst teacher. Just like, just, just do it. You can figure it out yourself. But, um, but I'm also a type of person, like I like creating like manuals for myself, like a how to thing. So that way it's like, I can pass down the information to someone else. Like, Hey, this is like, if you need to do it, like, so I'm, I'm active duty military for the Utah national guard. So I was what they call a readiness non-commissioned officer. So basically I was an army mom having to take care of soldiers. So, so with that, like trying to teach someone how to do this, it's like, I would have to like, okay, here's a form. This is what you do first. This is what you do second. So it's like, and it's all visual. Like there's an arrow, like first do this, then do this. But when it comes to, Hey, just train them on the spot. Nope. It's like, I don't know, figure it out. Do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a very interesting learning style. A lot more people than they realize are kinesthetic learners. It's like people be like, no, like I need to read. I'm like, they're like, no, I need to take notes. And I'm like, yeah, the thing that's helping you with the note taking is the kinesthetic part. Like, yes, visual, like absolutely. But it's you like actively moving and taking notes. That's like very, it's like 50% of your learning style. And so when people are like, how do I learn tarot? And I'm like, take notes. They're like, fuck you, Jacqueline. I don't want to. And I'm like, what's your learning style? Like, uh, tell me how you learn best, because if it is kinesthetic, taking notes is going to be really good. If it is kinesthetic, pulling a card and attributing like, like, how does it make you feel moving your body the way the card makes you feel like, and, and, and go from there. Uh, because so much of it is truly like, it's like training somebody on a, on like, and you have a specific learning style and there's this different and you're just like, I don't know, fucking do the thing. Like just actively start doing it. It can be hard. Oh, it is. Yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned about like dancing and grooving with a card. Um, I had, there's one professional tarot reader here in the, the Salt Lake area. And she actually told me, she goes, when you pull cards, dance and move with it. Yeah. She was like, you were a very dancey person. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm you like, I'm like Elaine from Seinfeld dancing, just so no one can see me do the Elaine dancing right now, but, um, no, but I, she did it and it was beautiful. It was, but it's just, it's just connecting with the card and, um, trusting your own learning style too. And I just, I feel like so much of it is just, it's so natural. So, and everyone has their own style and every style is absolutely beautiful because that's, that's that person. That's how they, they work and that's how they learn and that's how they evolve and adapt and everything. And it's just so interesting how everyone has different ways to learn the cards. Everyone does. And it's, it's so tailored to who you are. So I always ask people like, uh, how do you do it? And I also wanted to touch on something you said earlier about reading for other people. So you're in my, you're in my Patreon tarot scope. So I like, pull cards for you like monthly. I actually need to start doing that. So I'm not reading like for 15 people in one day, uh, which is hard. You know, one of the things that you talked about was like when you're reading for other people versus when you're reading for yourself and like having to take a minute to think through a card, like you did with the devil. I have to do that for literally every single tarot scope, every single one. Like it doesn't matter how long you've been reading. Like that's, that's for everybody. Not every single tarot reader is going to pull a card and be like, ah, yes, this card. I know exactly. You do, you do, but it like, you're, if you're reading for another person, you also have to like, sometimes it takes a minute and the best thing, and the best thing to do is exactly what you did, which is, okay, let me break down the card. Let me break, like, let me go to like 
the analytical side and break this down. Like you've, you have me on my, you have tarot scope. So you've probably heard me do this for you. Like when the intuition is taken a minute, like I'll be like, okay, so sixes mean this, and this is what this card traditionally means. And now, and then I start talking about how the cards inter interlace and it's probably sometimes on point and sometimes a little bit more like vague until like the month goes on. And then hopefully, you know, you can also tell me if like it doesn't, but like, hopefully at some point it like it clicks or it makes sense, but it is definitely like, there are so many times for any reader, especially even if they've been doing it forever, where you pull a card and you literally do have to just like, you have to sit with it for a little bit and try to like figure out like where, where analysis meets intuition. And that's hard. That's, that is hard. Yeah. It's definitely easier if you're doing a reading for someone who, you know, and you know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to be able to be like, okay, so this person, um, you know, is having issues with their relationship or they just broke up and like, she doesn't know what she's going to do. So like, so this happened with my, my friends where she, yeah, she was actually like, she broke up with her significant other and I pulled cards and it was so easy for me to tailor it to her situation. But it, that's what it was. That's what the cards were. That's what it was absolutely telling me. Mm-hmm. So, but then, so, um, but when you're doing it just kind of blindly, yeah, mm-hmm. it is based off of intuition. And it's also taking the time and just kind of like, you know, just going like deep inside yourself and be like, okay, what do I feel? Like, you, you know, you try to connect with the other person, even if it's blind and I'm like, you know, thousands of miles away. I don't, I don't know how far it's far, but from you, but, um, but like for you, like when you're having to do them for the, for other people, it's just like, you know, just trying to kind of try to get on their wavelength, if that makes sense. It's like uh-huh. trying to just get in touch with, with them and they're like, try to tap into their energy kind of a thing. And then you just kind of do it. And what's really amazing. It's like. I have never had a reading where someone did like did a reading for me and it wasn't spot on. That's interesting. And so like, I'm uh, yeah, I've never had one that were just, I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, that doesn't mean anything to me, but it's, that's what I love about this and everything. I feel like there are no wrong answers. Maybe it's not something that you want to hear right now. Maybe something's going to happen in like another month or even like a year. So, um, um, it's just kind of like how they interpret it themselves. I probably am. I don't know. I'm new. No, like, but, I, but it's, but it's just, it's all like how you feel and how other people interpret it and even how you interpret it yourself. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why there are so many different kinds of readers. We're all like individual people, all reading individual ways. And it, there's like a, a beauty to that. Um, and an importance to it to have different readers with different life experiences, with different forms of reading who think different things about the cards because of their experiences. Like, I think sometimes when we're learning tarot, we get caught up in that, oh, I'll never be good enough or I'll never be a reader like this. But like, you don't need to be another reader like somebody else. You need to be a reader like you. You're an individual person. You're literally like, you're your own person. No one else is ever going to know the life that you're living. And only you can give the advice you would give to somebody pertaining to the tarot that you're reading, that you learn from the life that you experienced. Like it's just very, I think it's very, um, I think getting people comfortable enough to, if they want to read for others is so much about being like, you're never, you need to do this for you. You have to figure it out for your you have to figure it out for yourself. What does it mean? Like if something resonates with you that like, you know, people listen to this podcast, like I don't, I hope that people don't take everything I say verbatim. I'm like, yes, Jacqueline is right. Like, cause like I'm right for me, but I'm not going to be 110% right for you all of the time. 
Well, and I, I've been very fortunate. I haven't done like blind reading for random people. It's always been friends. And so, um, but yeah, I think I have that advantage because I know what's going on in their life. So it is, it is easier for me to be able to tailor a card to them. But yeah. Um, but yeah, if I were to do like a blind reading, yeah, I, I, I hope I would be with some accuracy, but it's, it's harder because you don't know that person. You don't know what they're going through. Like you can just kind of say like, Hey, this is what I'm getting from the card. Take it with what you will. It's, it's just how they interpret it. There's such a pressure. I think with readers to feel like you have to be, you have to be like, you have three children and one dog and your husband is blonde. Like, like there's such like the whole psychic thing. Yeah, yeah. Like there's such this, like, I know reader, I know amazing readers who are not psychic. I know psychics who are amazing readers. Like you don't have to have that. That's not like a qualification. One of the things and I, I talk about this, I think probably more frequently on Patreon, but, um, when you're, when you're doing a reading for someone else, especially someone that you've not talked to before, the best thing you can do is be affirming and validating and give the very best advice possible. And don't bullshit. Like there's this fear that, you have to be right and intuitive and psychic. And in reality, just say what the card means. Like I tell that to people all the time. Like if you get stuck or you don't know, or your intuition is having a moment, like sit down and be like, this is what sixes mean. This is what this card can mean. These are the cards. This is how they kind of look like they're playing together. Like break it down and then go back and be like, please give me your insight. Like, let me know how you feel about that. Um, let me know how this resonates with you and let me know how it doesn't. And then go from there. Like, I'm not in the business of bullshitting people. Like I'm never going to be the person that's like, Hey, like this is like, you're going to have 17 children and you're going to drive a red Subaru and you're, you know, like, that's not, that's not always gonna, that's not always gonna happen. Oh, your cat. Hello. Yeah, there she is. I love no, her. But, but going back to what you said, um, like, you know, telling them like, Hey, this is what it means. And like asking for feedback. I think that is so important because then you can actually like, okay, this is how you're feeling. Let's, let's further, let's break it down. So, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. What you said, yeah, this absolutely means like, this is what I'm pulling from the card. Now. I think when you're just like, Hey, this is what it is. And you're not getting the feedback. It's not going to help you really like, so like once you kind of get the feedback, then, you know, you can be like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe it was more on this direction as well. But, um, for me, like I am very much the type of person where I have to be told I'm doing a good job. I have to have the pat on the head. My love language is words of affirmation. So when I get that feedback, it really just, you know, boosts my confidence. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, no, my intuition, it's really coming through. This is really happening. This is real. Mm -hmm. And so, and that just kind of gives me the excitement to try to just want to try to read more. It helps me yeah, as well. Well, so it's, so it's, it's always nice when people come back and they're like, oh yeah, that was good. Um, and, but you're, but realistically, like you're not always going to get that. There are people on my Patreon in the tarot scopes tier that I do readings for and have for like close to a year. And I've never spoken to them ever outside of tarot scopes. Like I'll send the voice recording. I'll be like, please, like if you want to let, and they, they, I've been reading for them for a year and I've literally never spoken to them. And like, that's great. Like, I don't like, you don't, they don't have to like, by no means, like it's completely perfect that that's the case, but I'm just always like, I must be doing something right. They're continuing to be here and I'm continuing to read for them. I have no idea if anything I'm saying is like hitting home or resonating or whatever else, but like, I can only, I can only hope <laughs> I can only hope yeah. But it is, it, well, it's a very vulnerable thing. Yeah. I'm saying if they're still paying, then you're apps, you're doing something right. But it's just, I'm, I'm over there like, hi, 
I'm going to talk at you for like seven to 10 minutes. Hope that's chill. Well, I hope it, I hope it helps. <laughs> oh no, but the ones you've done for me were, they're just, they're amazing. So oh, I really sweet. appreciate you taking the time. No, it, it's, it's time. It's your energy and everything. So, and it's something that is very appreciative and especially the AMAs. Those are awesome too. I need to schedule that. Sorry, everybody. I'll get on that. <laughs> I am. 80. She didn't tell me to talk about it. So <laughs> just to remind you. <laughs> I'll do it. Listen, uh, I will do that. I want to ask you as we're kind of like finishing up before we go into the collective reading, I want to ask you what card or cards do you feel really connected to? Like you pull them and you're like, Oh, I know exactly what this means. And then what card or cards do you pull that you're like endlessly? Like, I have no fucking idea. This gets me every time. Um, I think the, the aces, those are my favorite because I love that. Um, that's, yeah. It's like, it's your starting point. It's like, you know, with the ace of wands, that's your, you know, your spark of fire or, you know, the ace of, of cups, that's your drop of water or, you know, the, the pentacles, like that's your seed you're planting. So I love pulling these cards um, for myself and especially for my friends, because it's like, Hey, you're about ready to start on a really good journey. Like this is where you want to end, but you have, you have to start that. And, um, one of my really good friends, Tracy, um, what really resonated for a reading I did for her was, um, I pulled, um, the ace of wands and it was the, the Somnia deck. So, um, to kind of talk about what the card, I have it right in front of me. So, um, but yeah, no. So the Somnia deck with the ace of wands, it's like, there's a hole, um, and there's a ladder coming out of the hole and you just see this one hand, um, coming out of the hole, pulling onto a torch. So to me, that card just kind of represents like, hey, I have this dream. I have, you know, this this thing I want to do. I have this project or or something. And it's kind of like it's an initial spark. And what what I really like about this card and what I told my my friend Tracy about it, it's like she had this dream. It kind of fell on the back burner. And then it kind of, you know, she just kind of didn't go back to it. But when I called this card for her, I knew about her dream. I knew the project she wanted to do. And that torch coming out of the hand is kind of like, hey, I'm still here. Like, don't forget about me. And then with the ladder, it's like you have a way to get out and you have a way to move on. So, so and, what's, and what's really great about this card is when I first got this deck, um, my son, my 11, soon to be 12 year old son, he was asking about the deck and I just randomly pulled out a card and it was the Ace of Wands. Oh. as well. And so this, this card, um, and I pulled it for myself before, um, but this card has deep meaning to me. So I'm hoping for the future. If I do readings for myself or for other people, um, I'm hoping that would kind of be in the same, like we would resonate with them kind of being like that spark of fire. It's like, and especially if it's something that you haven't done. Um, like for me, like I wanted to go to school to become um, a social worker and I started the process and, um, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it with kids. I couldn't do it with work. Um, my husband's in the military as well. And, um, now I'm starting the process again of going back to grad school to become a social worker. And so this card for when I pulled it, it was kind of like, Hey, get your ass back in school. Like, this is what you want to do. Like, it's going to be hard, but you know, with the ACE of wands, that's your starting point. And so, um, yeah, that's, that is my favorite card. Um, but yeah, all the aces is just, it's the new beginning. It's the beginning of a journey. And it's like, you have to start somewhere. 
it's going to be hard because you have to progress mm-hmm. and you have to, and there are going to be cycles. There are going to be hardships. You're going to fall back, but, um, it, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love, I love that the aces are like your card. I, you know, what's funny is like the aces are some of the ones that like I pull and I'm like, oh, fuck the aces. Like it, there's a reason like the aces didn't happen to the end of the podcast. It's just because intuitively I get an ace and I'm like, it's a gift. Huzzah. Thank you. And I think it's genuinely because like, whenever like life gives me lemons, they're like, I'm, I'm usually just like, if life doesn't hand me anything, I'm going to be good. Like if life could just withhold for like a week, anything that's going to make me have to pay attention to it. That would be super great. Um, so like the aces get pull up, but I'm like, Oh God, what? And I love them. I love them so much. It's like, yes, we're going to start something. And you know, it's that, that initial seed that you're planting for yourself and yeah, it's going to be tough, but you're going to have to nurture it and everything and for it to be able to grow into a tree. I love that. I love that so much. I love that you love the aces. Next time I pull an ace, I'm going to have you back on and be like, please the ace of fonts. Just like, this is Ashley's episode. I'm going to sit back. I'm just going to be like, just do the fucking thing. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Just do it. If you pull an ace of wands, just do the thing. I see. I need like a little Ashley on my shoulder to like, like when I get mail and like, I'm like, ah, mail, or I get an email and I'm like, ah, I have to answer this email. Like I just need an Ashley in my ear, literally being like, actually, you know what, Ash, next time you email me, could you just literally like email me? And then it, like a day later, cause you know, I'm not going to respond in 24 hours. Cause I'm the worst. Just be like fucking answer my email. I'll do it. If you yell at me a little, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, it's just all caps. That's how you know you're yelling. Jack Lynn, ace of wands. <laughs> I'll respond. So what, so what cards do you like, what card comes up and you're like, Oh God, this card. I don't know if this is going to be like a no surprise for other people, but, um, for me, it's the three of swords. Ooh. So, um, and that's just because of my own internal thing. So, um, I've had, um, three like readings, like one-on-one readings, um, in my life. And, I did uh, two readings with the same person and which each one um, she pulled the three of swords and both of them. So when I even told her about that, when we were talking about that, she was just like, are you going to start being nice to yourself? Because the three of swords, it's like, it's about like heartbreak and you're in pain and everything. And I think a lot of times when we pull that, we're like, Oh, someone's going to hurt me or someone hurt me. But for me, when I pull this card, I keep hurting myself because, um, when we say the really bad things, like you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, that becomes our truth. And I really think like we say things to ourselves, we wouldn't be telling other people. We are our own worst critics. Like I wouldn't be saying that to my daughter. I wouldn't say you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. So um, when I pull this card, it's a good reminder for me to be like, are you being, are you giving yourself grace? Are you being nice to yourself? Like just be kind to yourself because Um, especially living in Utah, (laughs) it's really hard. Um, and especially doing tarot in Utah. And I feel like I have to hold back and I cannot be open with people that this is something I love to do. And this is something that is kind of part of me now, but, um, yeah, this card is just kind of like, be true to yourself, stand up for yourself, be nice to yourself, you know, understand like, you know, things may not be perfect, but you are still you know, working, you're still progressing. You're still like wanting to be a better person and evolving. Um, so yeah, no, this, this card gets me very emotional as you can tell, because 
it's just, it's something that, um, a lot of people when they pull just immediately, it's just like someone has done them wrong. But when I pull it, it's like, I keep doing myself wrong. It's yeah, that's the little emotional part. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. I love, I love that. That's how it, I, I don't love that for you. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, but I love that. Like when it comes up for you, like it's, you know, like you have this, like, okay. Like it's a, the tarot reminding you to like have grace for yourself. I love that. It's absolutely ironic. The three of swords is one of the cards I get. Like I pull it for myself and I'm like, Oh, I get this. Like I get this. I'm not afraid of it. I pull it all the time. And like, really like good context. So I'm not like, I've never pulled it and it's been like a bad situation. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's especially like visually, I mean, like, you know, with, you know, have swords like piercing a fucking heart, but you know, on the Somnia deck, it's, you know, there's a person in water and they're hunched over and they're like holding on to themselves. And there's three swords right above them about ready to stab him in the back. So, um, yeah, no, it's just like, it's such a, it's a beautiful imagery, but it also just, it's a subtle reminder to myself just to be like, just you're good enough. And I feel like that's something we really need to tell ourselves a lot more often because a lot of times we don't, we don't feel like we're good enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, every single one of us is needed for something. And I know, and I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to say too much, it, but like, I know like what you do, I know where your heart is. And like, we're some, not all of it, obviously, but like where your passions are, like what you do, what you're fighting for. And like, you're such a neat, like there is such an importance for like y'all, like Ashley's amazing. I just need you all to like, know, like your ambitions, your goals, what you do, like your job, like your heart, like it's all so fucking it's golden. Like it's an, it's aspirational. Quite frankly, you're one of my favorite people to talk to about things. And like, I love hearing, I love, I love hearing what you're, what you're doing. And I, and I, and I love hearing like that you're going back to school for like social, like, it's just like, it's beyond my comprehension because it's so fucking amazing. And like, you are like, you're, I don't have enough good words to say about you, quite frankly. Um, no, I'm like, I'm very fortunate to do what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I can just throw it out there really quick. Um, I was telling Jacqueline a couple months ago that I was trying to get a, a, a position working in prevention with the Utah national guard. So the department of defense finally realized that, Hey, we keep doing response stuff and it's just not good enough. Like, um, so people are still dying. People are still abusing each other. People are still using drugs and, you know, for self-medicating and people are still sexually assaulting each other. So finally, um, the department of defense is organizing prevention programs. So I am the very first Utah national guard, sexual assault prevention specialist. So I was working as a victim advocate first and my, for, as working as a victim advocate, you support survivors of sexual assault. So you kind of navigate, help them navigate through the process and you're just there to support them with whatever that they need. But now working in prevention, we're trying to stop it from happening in the first place. So I, it's a brand new program. I'm so excited to be part of it. And my end goal is to become a licensed clinical social worker. And I really like, I, I think we're using tarot as part of the healing process with clients. It's going to be huge because you can tell them, you know, like how to navigate their traumas and, you know, their issues, but how good of an ending would it be? It's like, okay, hey, for fun, let's, let's bring out some cards. Let's see what that says. And maybe that will help the client reiterate. Okay. Yes. This is just validation. 
Well, because the tarot is validating. Like, it's so validating. And anyway, first, first off, like, one, like, when I say Ashley is, like, a fucking awesome person, I literally, like, think she's a fucking awesome person. <laughs> like, I think you and I, like, had an AMA where it was just me and you, and we got to chat, and it was, like, the best. And you were talking about this, and I was just, like, fucking blown away. I was like, yes, absolutely. What we need is, like, we need, like, prevention. We can't keep focusing on the recovery. We have to focus on, like, being proactive and, like, like, just like really like lit my like ace of ace of wands over here, Ashley, like, uh, like lit that fire. I was like, yes, absolutely. She's so fucking right. And just anyway, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I could say I'm so proud, but that seems patronizing. I'm just so like excited to know you and know that this is what you're doing and excited that like, you're going to use tarot to help people. And like, I'm trying to be like more authentic to myself and I'm trying to be like, Hey, loving tarot, there is absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. <laughs> it's, it's part of who you are and it's like especially being a conservative utah it's not going to be like where i'm going to shout it from the mountaintops i mean they're right outside my house or like i can walk up there and do it but i'm not going to but it's like baby steps so at work last week it was like my supervisor and then another um like another program manager and then a, a co-worker we're all kind of together and we started talking about astrology like our big threes and then i'm kind of like well, I do tarot. And it was like, oh my God, that's fucking word vomit. I can't get it back in there. And um, my my supervisor was like, oh, I used tarot before. And then my other, my friend, she's a religious affairs um, NCO. So she's in charge of the religious affairs program in the Utah National Guard. And so she's very, yeah, she's very religious, but she was kind of like, oh, that's really cool. And then one of the other guys in there was like, can you do a reading for me? So that was like the first time where I had it out there that, Hey, this is what I do. And people were very receptive to it. And that was just like, okay, cool. Like baby steps. Like, you know, you're kind of, you know, stepping into the water and it's for me, I just want to be true to myself as well. So it's like, yeah, again, Tara is nothing to be ashamed about at all. Like be like, let people know that this is what you do because that's the only way you can break the stigma where people are just like, Oh, it's evil. And you know, it's you're, you're summoning demons and shit like that. It's like, no, this I wish. it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, it's so beautiful. And it just like, it just helps you with healing and just understanding yourself and, you know, breaking down, like, you know, why you feel certain ways, like breaking down why you may be triggered about certain things. And like you said before <laughs> in your podcast, like not everyone has access to therapy. So this is such a good way for you to kind of do therapy on your own and just kind of do more self-discovery. Uh -huh. So I, yeah. Tarot is, tarot is a beautiful thing. I used to, there was a long time ago, I had like, it was Instagram, it was uh, called Awaken Fool, but we used to like, people would donate, I would make workbooks and then people would donate money, whatever they felt like for the workbooks. And then I would buy tarot decks, like little, you know, Smith Rider white decks or people would donate their decks. Um, old ones they don't use. And we used to just give them to people. And I got pregnant and awakened full shut down and all of that. So I don't, I haven't done that since then, but like the amount of people that like, I got to like talking to you and they were like, I'm really struggling. I can't afford therapy. Like my mental health is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hey, listen, I've got a bunch of workbooks I can send you to help work through the cards. And I also just have like tarot decks that like we give because therapy, like I, the tarot saved my life. I, uh, used it in tandem with therapy for a while learned coping mechanisms. And I struggle very, I have CPTSD and I very much struggle with suicidal ideation and depression. And I'm about 
one bad month always from like grippy sock vacation and uh tarot helps a lot <clears throat> tarot has helped me so much I, I don't think you should use it instead of therapy i can't afford therapy right now it's just how it is but tarot has very much helped me grapple with that depression voice the devil voice you know that devil card voice versus not that the devil stands for depression i just want to say but like you know like versus like the voice that's like hey let's let's rein it back in so it's one of those things where I think it can, I think it can save lives. And I think that cause it, it's saved mine on multiple occasions. Well, I'm happy that it helped you. It's, it's helped me. And I'm so excited to hear how it's helped other people too. Like later on in this season. It's beautiful. You're going to do amazing things with it. Like, I love that you felt like you could open, open yourself up more, more people like, and as a person who like, can't really hide it. Cause I have like fucking on tattooed to my finger and like i live in east nashville and i have a podcast that my name's attached to y'all know how many nanny jobs i lost out on because i googled jacqueline kitsman and the first thing that comes <laughs> it's awakened tarot podcast you know people so many more people than you think are so down with tarot or like interested in like what that means or like one would love to like be open to having a conversation about the fact that like it's not demon sum summoning and it's not witchcraft it's literally just it's a tool it's a it's a it's a therapy tool and when you break it down to like its most basic use yeah absolutely like you brought in um last week you said you know it started it was a card game it yeah. was just a game and like that's kind of that's how it's sold online if you look at decks they're they're games but um it, it is it is something that you know has the the potential to change a lot of perspectives as well and especially with what we had to go through with, with COVID and we were locked up and everything and just being so stir crazy and, you know, have becoming more depressed and, you know, not having the social connections and everything. Like for me, like, I just want to be able to just share it mm -hmm. with other people as well. So, you know, I, I'm starting to, it, it is very scary, yeah. but um, again, like the three of swords, it's just, you know, be true to yourself and everything. And if I continue to hide who I really am, like I'm just doing myself even more damage. Yeah. Well, I love, I love this. I love this journey for you. I love this for you. I thank you for, thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for talking to me. And we're going to pull a card for the collective here. Um, oh, really quick. Yeah. I don't want people to come back and just be like, Oh, you hate Mormons <laughs> and attack <laughs> me. I, I love you guys. It's just, it's not something that worked for me. But I am happy for your journey. I sorry, I had to put that 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 alibi in listen, there. Listen, for the literally negative two Mormons who listen to this podcast, or like current Mormons who listen to this podcast, they very much appreciate you saying that. I love everybody. <laughs> if this is your first episode and you're Mormon, this is an all that we are an inclusive place. We are inclusive to all groups. I you know what? Actually, I have a surprising amount of people who like are very religious who like listen to this podcast and are very inclusive and very like progressive. It's very like, it's very heartwarming for me. So what I want to do is, do you want to do the collective reading with me? Um, I will be happy to chime in. Absolutely. Okay. You speak just way more eloquently than I do. Oh, you're kind. I thought you were going to say louder. I, those are your words, not mine, but I don't think anyone I, would, I don't think anyone would call me eloquent, but I really appreciate you being kind to me. I, uh, 
I, I, it, that this podcast is the testament to the amount of word vomit I can produce. Well, you're doing great. Just keep it up. So I have my deck with me so I can pull out whatever you have just so I can look at it for myself. I got the reverse three of pinnacles. So I'll let you find that in the Somnia deck and Gabe can either put like some fun Jeopardy music in here or he yeah, can. Yeah, I was, I was just going to do that. No. Um, how about Gabe? Can you do the, um, the dolphin? <laughs> you will put that in do it ace of wands that shit I just choked in my water. <laughs> I, I totally, okay, two, uh, the three of pentacles. Yep, three of pentacles in reverse. Okay. So this is what it looks like. Oh, I love that. It's like literally carving something out of marble. I like that. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's carving, yeah, a statue, carving art. So, okay. so I'll, I'll try to chime in. No, you're fine. So now that we have finished Dolphin EDM, thank you for listening. Uh, so we've got the reverse three of pentacles for this coming week. Ashley, your card is from, can you repeat the name of the deck for me? The Bianco Nero. Bianco Nero. So the three of pentacles and the Smith Rider Wade is, of course, the three people and they're standing underneath this column in a church. It's really beautiful. They look like they're adorning their space. Threes are a number of expansion. Um, and Ashley's card Oh, you found an insomnia. So Ashley, can you explain what yours looks like in the, uh, Bianca, Bianco ter Nero tarot? Nero. Yeah. Nero. So, um, so with these cards, they're all black and white. So, um, for this one, there's a man with, um, a hammer and a chisel and he's actually carving, um, a marble statue. And so, and, um, and then there's uh, the three of pentacles on columns that are like, like kind of like an arch archway. And um, the statue is actually facing the the pentacles as well. Yeah, we get so the man. Butt. He, oh yeah, I, it's a woman. So it's a there woman's butt. Get a nice view of the butt. Um, so I'm going to talk about this from like not so much a this is what this card means, but from like kind of a collective standpoint. And then Ashley, if you chime in like with like intuitive stuff, you get to um, for for the coming week when you're when you're moving through things. Like honestly. Ask yourself, so here's a really good example of this, like in a very microcosm level. A few weeks ago, my friend Robin was like, I really like don't want to, I really want to read. I know I should start a new book, but I kind of want to go back and reread this book that I really loved. And she felt this like obligation to start a new book. And my question was like, why are you denying yourself something you actually want? It causes literally no harm for you to go back and reread a book you want to read. Like there's no rules. You get to decide what you do. Like don't deny yourself things simply because you're following some sort of proprietary rule. Like we're humans where we have little pleasures. This world is really harsh. It can be really rough. It can be really difficult. And when we have the ability to do something like stop and get a fucking ice cream, do it. If we have the ability to treat ourselves to go to the grocery store and get ourselves the snacks that we need, that we need to be able to like have and enjoy do that. 
You want to dress up and you don't have a fucking reason to do it. You want to wear pajamas? Fucking do it. Allow yourself permission to like actually like live in the world and not and not just like deny yourself happiness and joy simply because it because like it doesn't make logistical sense in your head. Ashley, what do you think? I think you summed it up pretty well. <laughs> it was the butt on your car. No, yeah. That is the butt. Yeah. Embrace the butt. Um <laughs> No, it's just do stuff for yourself, you know, get up. If you want to wear, like you said, like, yeah, there's days where I'm just like, fuck it. I just, I just want to wear my, my workout clothes and not work out. Just, I just want to be a bum. But then there's the days like, um, where you get to go, like you get to dress up, you get to be, um, just feel good about yourself and be able to go out. And like last night, like I went to, um, I went to a concert with one of my really good friends and I watched um, Amigo the Devil play and um, also um, Trampled by Turtles as well. And it was just like going out and being free and I was dressed up and it was just like I was being true and authentic and just happy and it just reinvigorate. And even though there's times where you're just like, yeah, you just kind of want to just be stagnant and everything, just taking the effort. It's just, it's worth it to just go out. It is. And it's, it's adorning your space and it's making a marble statue and like making it as like aesthetically, like it's just taking the time to really enjoy things and and have those little details and have those moments and listen to good music and dress up and go out and allow yourself to be free from like, you know, who you are at work and the title you are at home and all of that, like allowing yourself to be an individual person. I just think like in a world that is very harsh, we have opportunities to be kind and gentle and sweet and adorn ourselves or our environments with things, or even our tummies sometimes. And we, we should do that if we can. Um, Ashley, I'm not talking to you in your gluten, but other people. I can't eat gluten, everybody. I have fucking celiac disease. Yay. No gluten for you, but you know, gluten-free muffins, uh, for everyone. Um, no, I think that, I think that this week has the potential to be like full of like little delights. And I think we should embrace the little delights. Yeah. Especially with the way the world is going, just enjoy it <laughs> to hell in a hand while you can. God damn. No shit. No shit. <laughs> All right. Well, so Ashley, are you, do you do any kind of individual reading or would you consider doing that if people did want to reach out? I, I would, um, if anyone is in Utah and they want to kind of like get together and just kind of geek out over tarot or just like whatever, just because like, it is so hard to make friends here mm-hmm. and I'm a very anti-social social person. So I don't like going out, but when I am out, I'm very social. But um, yeah, if anyone wants to get together, like I live in Salt Lake City, actually Sandy, which is a suburb of, of Salt Lake. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to get together, I do have Instagram. I don't use it. So maybe you can help me use it again. I'll tag so, your Instagram um, in the show notes. Oh. Well, my Instagram is my, um, it's my maiden name. I'm just not going to change it because there's only one at Ashley Baum, B-A-U-M. So yeah, no. And if you just want to connect or whatever I just I'd be happy to practice and if you guys want to practice like on me and do readings it's it's just something that we need to do for us to get better so and help validate each other that you know you're you're good enough that you're you can do this 
fucking amazing. Yes. I'm going to tag your Instagram. I'll put the little links and, you know, add Ashley, send her a message. Um, do, do readings on each other, practice witchcraft on each other, summon demons. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Well, maybe, or maybe do it. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want. Uh, I'm going to stop the recording and then I'll talk to you. And just, so I'll talk to you after, but Ashley, like having you on the podcast and being like the first interview of season three was beautiful and amazing. And I love you. And you'll have to come back on. And if you want to, I'm not going to like force you to be on my podcast again, but no, it was, it was great. I was very, very nervous because like, because people listen, <laughs> but no, it was, it was, it was really fun. And I'm really appreciative for the opportunity and just kind of to tell my story because you know what, we all, we all start from somewhere and you know, we're all on this journey together. So it's, it's been really great. No, it's great. And all of our stories and all of our journeys with tarot are so important. And I, you know, like I would be absolutely shocked if something that you said didn't completely resonate with someone and just be like, Oh my God, yes, this experience is resonates with me deeply. There are so many of you that listen to this and I get nervous every single time I have to pick up the mic, but I don't have any, I don't, I don't have any medication. So. Oh yeah. No, I took an anti-anxiety pill before this. <laughs> that was funny to me. About you're just like, I'm going to go get yelled at by strangers on the internet. Okay, Ashley, I'm going to stop the recording. Everyone say bye to Ashley. Ashley, say bye to everyone. Bye, everyone.